You are listening to Vital Signs, a podcast for Centera providers. Welcome to episode two of the Heart to Heart with Dr. Yeha series. Before we turn things over, let's go over some important CME announcements. This episode has been accredited for AMA PRA Category 1 credits. For detailed accreditation and designation information, along with disclosure information, please visit the show notes. This information can also be found on our website, www.centera.com forward slash physician education, as well as reaching us by email at physicianeducation at centera.com. Now let's turn things over to Dr. Yeha. Hello, I'm Dr. Amin Yahya. I'm an advanced heart failure cardiologist at Centera Heart Hospital. I'll be discussing with you today some of the risk factors that can predispose us to have heart disease. About half of Americans have at least one of three key risk factors for heart disease, including high blood pressure, high cholesterol, and smoking. Some risk factors for heart disease cannot be controlled, such as your age or family history, but we can all take steps to lower the risks by changing the factors that we can control. Today, we'll be discussing more about each of these three key risk factors. We'll start with hypertension or increased blood pressure. Tens of millions of adults in the United States have high blood pressure, and many do not have it under control. A normal blood pressure is less than 120 over 80. High blood pressure usually develops over time. Having hypertension puts you at a risk for heart disease and stroke, which are the leading cause of death in the United States. The higher the blood pressure, the higher your risk. In 2020, more than 670,000 deaths in the United States had hypertension as a primary or contributing cause. Nearly half of adults in the United States have hypertension, which is defined as systolic blood pressure greater than 130 or diastolic blood pressure greater than 80, or taking medication for hypertension. About one in four adults with hypertension have their condition under control. About Half of adults with uncontrolled hypertension have a blood pressure of 140 over 90 millimeter mercury or higher. Because our blood pressure tends to rise as we get older, our risk for high blood pressure increases with age. About 9 of 10 Americans will develop high blood pressure during their lifetime. Women are about as likely as men to develop high blood pressure at some point in their lives. Black people develop high blood pressure more often than white people, Hispanics, Asians, Pacific Icelanders, American Indians, or Alaska Natives do. Compared with white people, black people also develop high blood pressure earlier in their life. And hypertension is not just a deadly disease, but it's a very costly one in the United States with about $131 billion each year spent on hypertension management and its sequelae. So what can we do to prevent or manage the hypertension? Many people with high blood pressure can lower their blood pressure into a healthy range or keep their numbers in a healthy range by making lifestyle changes. Getting at least 150 minutes of physical activity each week About 30 minutes a day, five days a week, is crucial for that. Not smoking. Nicotine raises blood pressure and breathing in carbon dioxide, 
which is produced from tobacco. So it reduces the amount of oxygen that your blood carries. Eating a healthy diet, including limiting sodium intake, which is salt, the common name for it. Eating too much salt, an element in table salt, increases the blood pressure. Most of the sodium we eat eats from processed and restaurant foods. Eating fresh fruits and vegetables that are rich in potassium is very important as well. Potassium is found in many foods such as bananas, potatoes, beans, and yogurt have high levels of potassium. Also, limiting alcohol intake is important. Women should have no more than one drink a day, and men should have no more than two drinks a day. In addition to all of that, it's important to keep a healthy weight and to manage stress. Also, there are other factors that can increase the blood pressure. Family members share genes, behaviors, lifestyles, and environments that can influence their health and the risk for disease. High blood pressure can run in a family, and the risk for hypertension can increase based on age, race, and ethnicity, as we discussed before. The second key risk factor we'll be talking about is cholesterol. And there are two major types of cholesterol that we have in our body. There's the blood cholesterol, which is a fat-like substance that our liver generates. This is a good cholesterol because our body needs cholesterol to perform important jobs and tasks, such as making hormones and digesting fatty foods. The body makes all the blood cholesterol it needs, which is why experts recommend that people eat as little dietary cholesterol as possible while on a healthy eating plan. The other one is dietary cholesterol, which is found in animal products, including meat, seafood, poultry, eggs, and dairy products. So when we check for cholesterol levels, what do we check and what levels we are checking? There are the LDL or bad cholesterol. Having high levels of LDL can lead to plaque buildup in the arteries. There's the HDL or the good cholesterol, and the high levels of it can lower the risk of heart disease and stroke. There's a triglyceride, which is a type of fat in our blood, and we use it for energy. The combination of high levels of triglyceride with low HDL and or high LDL cholesterol levels can increase the risk for heart attack or stroke. And the total cholesterol, which is the total amount of cholesterol in our blood based on the HDL, LDL, and triglyceride numbers. So what are the optimal cholesterol levels? Total cholesterol should not be higher than 150. LDL cholesterol should be about 100. HDL should be at least 40 in men and 50 in women. And the triglyceride should be always less than 150. So why is high cholesterol bad? Having high blood cholesterol can lead to buildup called plaque on the walls of our arteries. That will lead the arteries to narrow and that eventually leads to lessening or blockage of blood flow. When the blood flow to the heart is blocked, it can cause chest pain or what we call an angina or eventually a heart attack or myocardial infarction. As we stated before, High cholesterol increases the risk for heart disease and stroke, which are the two leading causes of death in the United States. The only way we can know if we have high cholesterol is by having it checked. Hence, it's very important to talk to your primary provider to get it checked.
how to prevent high cholesterol is through having healthy eating patterns. So what are these healthy choices? We have to limit the foods that are high in saturated fats. These include foods with animal products such as cheese, fatty meats, and dairy desserts, and tropical oils such as palm oil. We have to choose foods that are low in saturated fats, trans fats, sodium, and added sugars. These foods include lean meats, seafood, fat-free or low-fat milk, cheese and yogurt, whole grains, and fruits and vegetables. Also, it's important to eat foods naturally high in fibers, such as oatmeal and beans, black, pinto, kidney, lima, and others, and unsaturated fats, which can be found in avocados, vegetable oils like olive oil and nuts. These foods may prevent and manage high levels of low-density lipoprotein or LDL or bad cholesterol and triglycerides while increasing the good cholesterol or HDL cholesterol. In addition, it's important to maintain a healthy weight. And as we know, obesity raises the levels of LDL. And excess body fat affects how our body uses cholesterol and slows down the ability to remove LDL from our blood. In addition to all of that, it's important to limit alcohol, as we talked before in the hypertension section, because too much alcohol can raise cholesterol levels and levels of triglycerides. Finally, we'll be talking about smoking. Smoking leads to disease and disability and harms nearly every organ of the body. In 2020, around 12.5 of U.S. adults currently smoked cigarettes. More than 16 million Americans are living with a disease caused by smoking. Cigarette smoking remains the leading cause of preventable disease, disability, and death in the United States. Cigarette smoking is responsible for more than 480,000 deaths per year in the U.S., including more than 41 deaths resulting from secondhand smoke exposure. This is about one in five deaths annually, or 1,300 deaths every day. For every person who dies because of smoking, at least 30 people live with a serious smoking-related illness. On average, smokers die 10 years earlier than non-smokers. And smoking causes cancer, heart disease, stroke, lung diseases, diabetes, and chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, which includes emphysema and chronic bronchitis. So how to quit? The most important thing is you have to take the initiative Talk to your healthcare provider to devise the most appropriate method for you to quit. There are nicotine replacement therapy, prescription medications, counseling. Some people say acupuncture works for them, among others. The CDC has amazing resources on their website, cdc.gov forward slash quit. And also they have the phone number, which is a toll-free telephone portal that routes callers to their state quit lines. It is 1-800-QUIT-NOW. Callers have access to a variety of quitting services available in multiple languages. There's also the national texting portal, text quit now to 333-888, which connects people to text messaging services and other state resources in English and Spanish. At the end of our podcast, I hope it was very helpful for you. The resources for today's session were from the website of the CDC and the American Heart Association.
These websites are www.cdc.gov and www.heart.org. Thank you for listening and have a great day. Thank you for joining us and be on the lookout for our next episode. You've been listening to Sentara Healthcare's Vital Signs, a podcast for Sentara providers. As a reminder, read today's show notes for information about claiming your continuing education credits. Well, that's it for now, but we will be back soon with another episode of Vital Signs, the podcast that provides evidence-based education programs for physicians and healthcare providers on the go.